Welcome to the Primal Path Podcast. We chat with our tribe to build a stronger connection through our native ways of communication. Learn about our coaches, clients, gym programming, and hear from our local businesses and find out about the latest happenings. Before but, we get started, though, yeah, let's, yeah. Re- let's do a little recap of this weekend. So yeah. we had uh, Mary Ellen Shannon did the Closer to Free ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did a fundraising event. Well, it's a fundraising road race yeah. to raise money to the Smilo Cancer and Yale Hospital Cancer Research Centers to uh, donate to help families and also obviously for that research. Both riding 60 miles. Uh, congratulations to both you guys. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not an easy task. And extra big congratulations to Marielle since this is her fifth year doing yeah, that, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, which was on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And... Then you had a pretty cool event happen on uh, Sunday, didn't you? Mm-hmm. You went and did the was it Surf Town Half Marathon yeah. in Rhode Island. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Talk a little bit about that. This is your first half marathon. <laughs> You've been training for a while. Um, yeah, let us know. How did it go? Yeah, so it yeah um, it went well for it being like my first experience doing a half marathon. Um, I finished it and I was like, yep, that was a that was my first half marathon for sure. Um, but I was like, I was happy with like myself in the sense that I never missed a training day and I never got to a point where I was like I don't want to do this I always wanted to continue training and it was always fun but there were definitely a lot of lessons that I learned in the process um and the race went well from like miles one through eight it felt really really good and I kind of knew that that would feel good because typically around nine is kind of when I started to really kind of like hit a crash Um, And that's exactly what happened, but like probably like way worse energy wise. It was just a really bad energy, complete like probably carb depletion type of crash. Um, But yeah, it was, there were a lot of lessons that I think I learned throughout like the training process. So I'm excited to kind of like apply them and get better. Um, I definitely need to dial in like my paces for training because I did all of my easy runs way too fast. Definitely (laughs) um, kind of a learning curve, figuring out what pacing is and what intensity is for running, for long distance running, versus when you're so used to doing short, fast, like Metcons or like interval workouts and stuff where you're maybe accumulating like 15 to 20 minutes of work, where it's total, total different type of way of gauging intensity when you're running for like an hour, hour and a half, two hours, like, your intensity when you're running, doing an easy run, I, my like initial thought was, oh, just don't blow your brains out. Like, just make sure you can control your heart rate, but you, and that's what I did. And that ended up being my easy pace was my half marathon pace. And your easy pace should be a minute to a minute and a half slower than what your half marathon pace should be. And I think, and part of that is that it helps you be able to recover and be able to um, not totally drain yourself from the easy runs. And I definitely felt toward the last like third of my training program that I was feeling just a lot more drained in my runs and I was also combining lifting with it too and I was also under fueling for my energy level and my volume of what I was doing and yeah there were a lot of things I think kind of came into play and it definitely all came together and a lot more to my attention when I was getting ready to do the race but Yeah, I, I think a lot of it, too, is you're bringing up good, valuable points, especially on this podcast that we're going to talk about with fear mm-hmm. of, of failure or just the fear of the unknown that a lot of yeah. people get. 
But the thing is, is like as much as you read about it and do the training about it, it doesn't really matter. You actually oh, have yeah. to go. You actually have to put yourself in that position. Yeah. And, and a lot of us, and it's the simple things. It's like, you know, I put out something a while ago in one of our newsletters that if you're running underneath like a sub eight minute mile, then your steady state should be like 10 to 12. Mm-hmm. If you're under 10 minutes, your steady state should be a 12 to 15. Yeah. And, and stuff like that. But especially when we go out there and we start doing it, you're like, no, I, I can maintain this pace yeah. and it's a little bit yeah. faster. And it feels good for a while, mm-hmm. and then we start realizing, oh, this is why I do need to slow down. Yes. Or like, you know, I'm pretty nutritious, and I, I fed myself right, and now I'm going for that longer run. I don't really need water, or, you know, maybe I need to bring a little bit water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe I, I don't need to bring food. And then you go for those distances, and you're like, oh, I can oh, see yeah, how this will yeah, benefit. Yeah. But it isn't yeah. until we get into that situation mm-hmm. that we're actually clicking in our head and saying, oh, this is it. And it's not like you didn't train. It's not like you didn't run 12 miles yeah, like a week yeah. ago which yeah. which obviously if you could run 12 miles you could you run, run 13.1 yeah. but even like as silly as it sounds that last mile is it is a little bit of a difference yeah. maker too because i know it's only a mile but the, as the miles go on they yeah. seem to get slower and the, you know the the body's just under more fatigue yeah. it's not yeah. you know there's it's dehydrated a little bit more there's mm-hmm. less food in it um, so all these little yeah. things that you're realizing are like one, they're good. Mm-hmm. They're easy to recognize too. when you don't do them. Yeah. Um, they're fun. You know, like I look at it as fun. I look yeah, at it as a learning like, process yeah. of that yeah. and, and not be afraid of like, what happens if I sign up for this race and I don't make it? Yeah. Like I almost like in, in, a, in a certain way, I almost wanted to like, like not not like I guess I, I wouldn't say fail because I don't think I failed in any way, but like I almost wanted to not like not have something come together in a certain way. Like I did everything that I like felt I was doing, like I thought I was doing like things right and stuff. But I also kind of was like, there's a chance I may not be fueling enough. There's a chance that like I am probably not like getting the mo- the most that I could out of the training sessions because I don't necessarily understand all of it yet. Like I know what to do. I can I listen to a ton of podcasts. I looked up a ton of information, but you don't understand it until you put yourself through it really. Um, and like you said, it's like almost like you're running and you're like, oh, it's a good pace. I can maintain this. And that's what I thought on a lot of like the quote easy runs that I was doing. Um, but I think I've like just through going going through everything and experiencing it myself. I understand a lot more the importance of doing those really, really slow runs, the importance of making sure I'm eating a lot more because my body actually needs a lot more than I really thought it did. Um, Cause I've done like fasted runs before. I'm used to fueling myself for like lifting and stuff, but it's like there, the, when you're doing like long distance running, it needs, you, you need to be on top of it like a little bit, a little bit more than if you're just doing training sessions and stuff, or even in those long distance, like training runs, you need to be on top of it a little bit more like, and kind of just be a little bit more mindful of like, okay, where am I hitting a crash? What's going on when I'm hitting this crash? Like what played into it and kind of taking the, the time to like reflect. But I wanted that to almost kind of happen in some ways so I could learn from it. Cause I knew I was gonna make mistakes. I've never done distance training like this. I've like, I used to run a lot more, but it was running like, like to run. It wasn't like running to do a long distance race. The longest distance I've ever done is a 10k not that's like not even that's like less than half of this um but yeah so it was it was I, I it was like a really good experience and it was something totally different that I haven't done before and I'm excited to learn from everything that I didn't do well 
and be able to actually make those adjustments and be able to actually feel myself get better through making those adjustments. Yeah, I think uh, one of the big things, um, you know, we talk about, or not we talk about, but one of the things that comes to my head is like going from doing like a half marathon, then jumping into like uh, a Tough Mudder and then a Spartan Beast and doing all these like, you know, anywhere from 12 to 15, 16 mile races. Mm-hmm. Um, before you start them, you have this brain clarity, right? And you're mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I need to do this at this point, and this is what's going to mm-hmm. happen. And we read all this information, our brain is clear, and we're like, yeah, okay, I can do this. Once we start getting out on that, that brain isn't as clear because yeah, now yeah. we're kind of like in a little fatigue, whether yeah. we know it or not, even early in the race, we're going to have a little like fatigue kicking mm-hmm. in. It might like kind of change our thoughts of what we're thinking but it also will help us identify those things that maybe we did read and then we were looking back on it and one thing you know uh that was an issue for me is that when i ran i wasn't hydrating enough yeah and the the one thing that my brother who runs ultra marathons and one of my friends matt does all the time is he says you need to start drinking before you're thirsty you need like if there's a water stop whether you want to drink or not Mm -hmm. take a drink of water or like for my, my brother told me, because he used to do the Ultra Beasts, um, that when I did the Beast, he goes, take salt packets and every hour just take a salt packet in and mm-hmm. get some water in every hour. Yeah, It'll help help out in the end. And I didn't do that on the Spartan uh, Super. And I was locking up at like mile 10, mm-hmm. that my muscles mm-hmm. literally were locking up, they're quivering. Yeah. And then when I did the Beast, I started out like, I didn't need a sip of water. I didn't need the salt, but I was already putting it into my system. Mm-hmm. So in an hour, that salt is in there helping to retain the water yeah. in my system. Yeah. Like that food is in my system that is finally broken down and turning into the glucose to help mm-hmm. fuel me. Um, and all those things, like I said, we could read about them all day long, but unless we try that out, yeah. we yeah. won't really realize it. And then we could understand the, the benefit of it. And that's, yeah. that's the way we need to kind of you know look at any challenge that we have in Mm -hmm. life yeah and like i didn't i've never stopped and gotten water in races even on really hot days i never (laughs) do that because i'm like i never do that because i'm like nope gotta keep moving gotta keep going that's how i am in a 5k i'm like that's how i that's how i am in like workouts and stuff too like i'm like i'm like i don't need to get water i won't stop and like you will never see me stop in a metcon or anything that i'm doing to stop and get a sip of water because i'm like nope don't need it gotta keep moving like and like I, I never do that, yeah, you... and um, and I've never done it in a race. I never did it. Even I, I've ran four on the fourth in Chester on the fourth of July, like a few times. I've never stopped and gotten water, um, and like all like, but that's like four miles. I can suck it up and push it for four miles. Yeah. Like same thing on like a five k, even a ten k. All the ten k's I've done are like have been like in the fall or the spring, so I didn't really like need it that much. I wasn't like that hot, but. For this one, um, I thought I could do the same thing. I thought I could, like, just, like... Which you did. Like, yeah, which I did. I did. I did not stop and get water. I didn't eat anything. I experimented once with uh, fueling during, and it just didn't really work out. Um, and I was, like... And I and I didn't, like... I felt good at mile six, because I was, like, if I'm going to, I'm going to do it at, like, mile six or seven. So it's about halfway through. And I, at six, I felt really good, because I felt good miles one through eight. And then it was, like, almost an immediate, just, like, nope, you feel good, and now nope, you don't. <laughs> like, it was a very, like, like wall, just, yeah, right? it was just a very wall. It was, like, I felt good, and then I hit the wall, and I just didn't feel good anymore. And my pace dropped off almost, like, immediately when I, like, hit the wall. And, um, 
and I was like, nope, can't stop and get water because it's going to slow me down and I need to keep moving. But it was funny because everyone that was, like, stopping and getting water would, like, fall behind initially. And then they would end up passing me because I probably didn't stop and get water. And I'm just, like, freaking slowing down. And they had more energy and they were better hydrated. And I didn't eat anything and I should have because I didn't fuel enough the day before or during probably either, not during, uh, before the actual race. I didn't fuel enough the day before. I didn't fuel enough beforehand. I didn't drink enough water beforehand. And, like, it's just, yeah, finding those, like, things that I did mess up on and just finding, obviously, like, the ways that I can go about doing it better next time. Next time I'm going to be stopping and getting water. You, you <laughs> like, know. I'm going to be actually figuring out how I, how I should be fueling during because um, those things for sure made a difference. Yeah, I think uh, even when I did the the 5K in Rhode Island, like, yeah, it was blazing hot that day and we're out in the sun, but anytime I'm running races, I always grab two cups at any mm -hmm. stop. And I grab them as I'm running. I drink one and almost, like, pour it sloppily on my face. Yeah. And then the other cup will go over my head. Yeah. And then I just throw the cups, and I so I never really have to stop running. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I slow down for a couple seconds. I might lose one or two places yeah, between people, yeah. but it's the same people that you're battling back yeah, and forth, exactly. like casually with on that aspect to help yeah. kind of fuel. But another huge thing that you should add into uh, if you're running long distance is aminos, and yeah. aminos are yeah. absolutely crucial. This is a lot of ultra marathon runners do that. Mm -hmm. Is that they're making sure that they're pumping in like excessive amount of amino acids into yeah. the body to just let those muscles recover because mm -hmm. even though it's not high intensity it takes a beating yeah on, it ends on your up muscles. being like, like a high intensity in the sense that it's just long like it's just yeah, long volume, it's like yeah, yeah it's just the volume like, yeah it's like it's just like it's not super high intensity because like you can breathe like i was at a comfortable like fairly comfortable breathing pace most of the time maybe the last like few miles like started to get like a little tough but there was like never a point where i was like i need to slow down because i can't breathe yes there was never like that point it was like it was like, I need to slow down or like, you're like almost battling the thoughts in your head where you're like, oh my God, I want to stop and walk so bad. It's not because you can't breathe. My breathing was fine. It was just that I was just like, just had no energy and my muscles were just so tired. The like, repetitive impact of mm -hmm. your foot on the ground, even yeah. if you have the best running form in yeah. the world. It just, it, it, if you think about mm -hmm. it, you're taking like 20,000 steps in a yeah. half marathon. I think I was like listening to a podcast and they were saying running is all about like, how long you can maintain like good position like and it's basically like it's just like that's really what it is it's not like it's just like total you're doing the same movement over and over again like and it's just how long can you maintain that like when you're doing a long race or when you're doing a 5k and whatever um but it's like you're yeah it takes a beating doing the same thing over and over on the same muscles like and when we think about running too you know, a lot of us think about running as like an up and down movement mm -hmm. as we're going forward, but we really want to look at running as being like a, more of like a spring in the say, sense how the spring like actually rotates spring. as it compresses yeah. and rotates as it expands. So yes, is there an up and down? Yeah, but the up and down should be relatively on the lower half of the body. You shouldn't see your head bobbing up and down mm -hmm. um, because you're taking the bobbing of the up and down of the legs into rotation at the hips, and then the upper body is pulling back. We're not really reaching forward. We're always kind of falling onto that foot and then mm -hmm. pulling that, that elbow behind the back to create that rotation. 
Now, if we don't have that rotation in our body, then our body's going to compensate. And mm-hmm. then we're going to start getting pain a yeah. lot sooner in your runs than longer. So, like, yeah. yes, is is a way to improve your running to run long distances, longer distances? Yes, there is a factor to that mm-hmm. for the cardio aspect and the muscle endurance. But if you're running those distances and constantly having plantar fasciitis and plantar necrosis and mm-hmm putting in thicker orthotics and having knee pain and having to take three weeks off before your marathon run because you're not training, then you have to start taking a look at the overall position of your body and and, and take the time to adjust that. And that's not mm-hmm. something you're going to adjust in a week. That's not yeah. something you're going to adjust in a month. That might take three months. It might mm-hmm. take a year to two years to dial in all the different aspects of running because it is a very, very complicated movement. As much oh, yeah. as people look at yeah. running as Oh, I don't need to learn how to run. Mm-hmm. I don't need a coach to run. I just run. Yeah, there's you can't so be further from the truth. It, it's easier yeah. to teach a squat mm-hmm. than it is to teach yeah, somebody yeah, how to run. Literally, like I like didn't, and I, I think this was a really cool experience and kind of like eye opening too in a lot of ways because I did not realize how much went into running. Like, cause when I used to run and I was really into running, I didn't warm up when I went out on a run. Yeah. I would freaking I would walk up the hill at my parents' house and then just start running. I didn't think about my positioning. I didn't think about any of that stuff. I just, like, went for a run. I didn't do anything to, like, strengthen, like, the muscles that I use in running or, like, anything like that. Um, But then it's, like, I start this, and I'm, like, oh, I'm getting pain here. I'm getting pain here. This isn't working. This isn't working. Um, But kind of going through the process of actually figuring out how to improve my running technique because that's, like, people don't realize how important that is to, like, running. I mean, even, like, what I was just saying, running – is a lot of just doing the same thing over and over again and how long you can maintain good positioning. And for, like, when you're in, like, more of an elite level or you start getting better, it's basically going to come down to who can hold the good position the longest because once your position goes when you're, like, later in the race, you're going to end up slowing down. Um, And if your position isn't good from the start, then you're probably going to start feeling pain earlier, like, something like that. So... It's yeah. There's a lot of a lot more that goes into it than I like really initially thought. Yeah, and and as always, we go back to that child. Like when you're a kid and your body moves well, and we don't have compensation due to, I mean, you're sitting in chairs in schools, um, but you're you're not having that driving effect that's affecting your hips mm-hmm. like you are as an adult or all the desk work that we always have to do no matter what job you're in. Um, relatively, you're not getting in those positions that are changing your position ultimately yeah. and creating the compensation. You don't have the years put in of shoes that are changing the way that your foot are impacting. So you are relatively not thinking about running. You don't need to be taught how to run relative, you know, in general. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then as, you know, we age and we want to pick up running again, by age, I mean, even in your mid-20s, you know, you're going to need running coaching if you mm-hmm. if you haven't maintained a consistent running and fitness regiment yeah. since a young age you're going to need how to how to how to relearn how to run relearn yeah. how to use your feet you know it's just mm-hmm. it's, it really is a complicated movement and something that takes just strenuous amount of time and and simple things of just going out as slow as possible almost mm-hmm. you're doing a shuffle step like yeah go watch an ultra marathon race on like youtube even if it's, if it's cut up watch the way that people start and they kind of like stick by uh, a couple things. They walk the uphills, they run the downhills. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the way they get through ultra marathons because it's less impact on the body. You're not going to stress the muscles out. That is like legitimately 
the rule of yeah. ultra marathon running and and there's a reason when you are running that volume if they were to run up all those hills the amount of strain more, that yeah. they would put on all their calves and how fast they would burn out mm-hmm. uh, would would be a lot quicker too so um just in general like like the, the, there's just so much that goes goes into running and yeah. and realizing like holy heck i i feel like you know go, like like i say when i go out and i just run at such a slow pace mm-hmm. i don't necessarily enjoy it i don't not enjoy it like i know what its purpose is for mm-hmm. and why i'm doing it and then after a couple miles i'm like oh i'm kind of noticing this happening to my body yeah. at this point mm-hmm. and it'll take that mileage to get there if you're only mm-hmm. running like 400 meters and all the time we just know where the body is going to feel pain at 400 meters. Mm-hmm. We don't know where it's going to feel pain at a mile, at two miles, at three miles. And that could drastically change. It could be yeah. from your knee and all of a sudden it's into your back or your mm-hmm. hip mm-hmm. or your foot, the outside of the foot. Maybe you find some chafing going on in your body. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're feeling your toes swell in the shoes because you're running long distance. And now you need, you know, maybe you're a size 10. Now you need to buy a size 11 running yeah. shoe to allow the swelling of your feet mm-hmm. to happen and not have your feet swell, which is then cramming your toes, which is then changing the impact on your foot. I mean, it's, I mean, we could nerd out on this forever, but I mean, there's just, there's a lot to it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff, but I think when, and like kind of going back to what we were kind of like talking about with fear and everything, I think like, this is just like one example, but like, it like goes, like it's, applies to a lot of other things where like, if you're starting something new and you're like afraid of like how it's going to go or like if you're gonna mess up and stuff like I mean you like I like I think I told myself in the beginning because I'm also like a huge perfectionist and I always am very competitive with myself but also like I'll be like all right well this person that I know runs this pace so I want to try and like beat this pace um and it's like more so me being competitive finding like things to get myself to be better but I had to kind of tell myself in the beginning like this is going to be a learning process and you're probably not going to actually achieve everything that you really like are telling yourself you want to right now and you can't be afraid of not getting there. I didn't hit my goal time that I wanted to on this race. Like I like my initial goal was to finish in under 2 hours, which I did. But like I was thinking I would be able to like hit like this really like awesome like first like mar- first half marathon pace or first half marathon time, which I didn't do. And like I feel like with anything too, you need to kind of like you can't be afraid of actually not achieving those things or not getting where you want to be, um, because then you're never going to do it. Yeah, and and uh, you know the way I look at taking on challenges, big challenges that I've never done before, you know, might not be the smartest way and not the way that most people do it. But when I take on a big challenge, I just I don't ever try to think about winning the the event. I always just try to think about completing the event. Mm-hmm. And if I don't complete the event, that's okay. What did I learn from it? But for me when we talk about like fear and fear creeping in one fear is usually worse than what actually happens yeah, you know exactly. so a couple things that we need to identify with fear are are what are we afraid of are we afraid of the social stigma of hey i didn't like people knowing i didn't complete this are we afraid that we might get injured are we afraid of not knowing what we're doing and a lot of that instead of living in that fear which is going to fester and eat eat you up inside is start paying attention to just noticing the fear. Mm -hmm. Like, are you, you're noticing that you have fear about this. And if you notice that you have fear about it, the person noticing, which is you doesn't currently actually have the fear. Mm 
-hmm. you're noticing what you're projecting onto yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we could try to just accept that, that like, all right, yep, there's fear here, but what is it? Then figure out exactly, all right, if it's injury, what type of injury am I going to get if I'm running mm -hmm. a half marathon? Okay, we could get a cramp. We can, you know, get some aggravation, some swelling, some tendonitis kicking in somewhere. Okay, it happens. What, what can we do? Well, we can stop running if it gets bad. We can push through and then we'll have a couple days that we're sore. Or, you know, you yeah. know, like if we could start dialing down and breaking down that fear mm -hmm. limit and understanding what it is and just stay on the aspect of noticing it, not not actually trying to like live in it and fester yeah. in it. Yeah. And that's usually what stops people from ever starting something. But mm -hmm. just like you, you might you might have maybe not fear, but you've had I don't want to say hesitation, but there there's thoughts that are going in there in your brain. Mm -hmm. But no matter what, you put the training in you tried, yeah. you know, you put in the effort and whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Yeah, you can't yeah, change exactly. it at that point either, too. Yeah. So we got to look at that. Like if you didn't put the time in, understand that's going to be a big factor on yeah. there. And if you exactly. did put the time in, you're probably going to do better. But mm -hmm. there's always something else. No matter how well you stuck to your training routine, fed yourself the way you wanted to feed yourself, hydrated yourself the way you needed to be. There's still a million still learns, needs, yeah. lessons learned, things you could learn from. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing with fear. Just because we do something doesn't mean that fear will go away. Yeah. But it kind of desensitizes us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If uh, if you have kids and your kid falls down and smacks his head at the playground, you get the kid up and you're like, brush it off. Yep, you're good. You send them out to go and play. Yeah. Right? You get them right yeah. back out there, put them right in that fear state to go, okay, you know what? This happened once. It doesn't mean it'll happen a million times. Yeah. And a lot of us will try something once. We'll hit that fear or we'll find that injury and then we're done doing it. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, no, that's it. One and done. I'm not doing yep. another one ever again. Mm -hmm. And especially this will do one and then maybe we'll wait a couple years, which the fear just festers and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. One of the best things you could do is just do the same thing that you do to a child or anyone else is just like, you know, get back out there. You mm -hmm. know, it's the same thing in war. When you start getting shot at, it brings a fear that next time you go into the city you're going to get shot at. Yeah. So what yeah. do you do? You immediately take your patrol and you push them right back through that city. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you get into another firefight, then you're in another firefight. But you've learned something from that first time. Yeah. And if there's nothing there, it takes away the fear that says, if I go here, if A happens, if, if you do A, B happens. Like, mm -hmm. it takes that away. It takes that yeah. wall out. And realize that fear is just something, a, a, a feeling that we bring onto ourselves that's not really real. Mm -hmm. um, and just limits what we're capable of doing yeah so just so just think about something that you're doing now or something that you want to do and it doesn't have to be yes we're talking fitness but even it doesn't have to be fitness related it could be something whatever it may be that you do in life something that you want to do maybe it's a hobby maybe you want to start doing leather work mm -hmm. and you don't know where to start and you're worried about it you're worried about screwing up leather well if you're worried about buying expensive leather and throwing it away then you're never going to learn yeah, from it. You have yeah. to go through those stages. You have to go through the injuries. You have to go through the struggles. You have to go through the setbacks. Mm -hmm. And every time you do that, you minimize the amount of fear that your body is going to have while doing something. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So take those uh, take mm -hmm. those words to thought. Yeah. But uh, yeah. but either way, I mean, I, I think it's awesome, Nadine, that you did this. You got we have the Hartford Half Marathon Marathon and 5K coming up. 
October 8th. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a link in our newsletter, which is going to be going out uh, this afternoon, evening time frame. Um, so you can always click the link to sign up on that. Uh, Nadine, you're doing the half marathon. Doing the half, yeah. Redemption time yeah. here, huh? Get yeah, a little more like, fuel, yeah, a little I'll, hydrated. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, I'll see. Hopefully, this one feels a little bit better. <laughs> this one didn't feel bad, but hopefully, feels a little bit better. And it'll be a little bit cooler. Yeah, yeah. Probably nicer weather and stuff, too. Yeah, hopefully. I think it usually hopefully. rains on the half oh, marathon. I hope it doesn't rain. I hate I see. I like running in the rain. It oh, gives God, you like I a hate, free. I hate running in the rain. It's free, like, I think there's cool like, down. I think I've said this before. I'm like, I don't think there is anything I hate like more than like running in the rain. Wind. Well, mm. try it. Well, I yeah, guess no, yeah, yeah, riding, like, cycling really, in wind. Yeah, when it's like run, uh, running wind. in wind. Oh wind my god. Is... Yeah, that's not that's not fun, either. But, but yeah, that's 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 the th I hate nothing. I used to hate rain more than anything. Now I love rain. I, I can't stand wind. Wind is especially on a bike when you're cycling into the wind. Yeah. For no, I hate running in the wind because then I feel ever. like I can't breathe. I feel like it's like stuck in like my like lungs or something the other brutal one is when there's absolutely zero wind and really high humidity well yeah then that you one's can't not, yeah, get that like the airflow to like yeah, cool yeah, you down like, and you yeah, just that's are, also like, not great banking. too yeah yeah <laughs> either way all right hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and we'll see you guys next week